Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Advocates Academy. The Advocates Academy is brought to you by the Women and Gender Resource Center at the University of Alabama. I'm Lizzie Smith, and I'm your host. The Advocates Academy is a podcast for students, faculty, and staff who are looking for ways to engage in advocacy and social justice work on their campus, in their career, and in their day-to-day lives. Today, I am talking with yet another coworker, and we had a blast. Our guest is Elizabeth Lester, and she's a program coordinator at the WGRC. She's here today to talk to us about the Young Women's Leadership Program, issues affecting girls and women today, and our mutual love-hate relationship with TikTok. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Elizabeth, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, okay. So as we kind of, uh, roll into our interview, you're here today to tell us a little bit about the young women's leadership program. Um, but I want to go ahead and start by just giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself. So if you would just take a minute and tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, um, I'm Elizabeth. I am Lizzie's coworker at the women and gender resource center. Um, I've been with the center for about a year. Um, I got hired after I, uh, graduated with my master's from UA. I have a master's in women's studies and I actually got my undergrad at Auburn um, in English literature. So people always are like, oh, how do you deal with the rep? I'm like, I just just don't care about football and then you'll be fine. You'll be good. <laughs> I'll be golden. I mean, I am from Auburn, so it's always been kind of, uh, I'm a little revolted by all the like, you know, the red. <laughs> but, you know, I work there now. I have a degree from there. Just yeah. Elephants everywhere and the mascot. No, <laughs> I, the mascot is nice. <laughs> Alabama writes my paychecks. But um, yeah, so I um, yeah, I started work for the center and uh, like I got hired part because I was a grad student, so I couldn't work full time. So I was hired part time in March, full time mm-hmm. in May um, 2019, which seems like a lifetime ago. Like anything, even like the fact that it's only been seven months into 2020, you know, and I know we all say this, but it feels like a thousand years, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, at the center, some of the things that I do are, I do YWLP, the young women leaders program. And, um, I do a pay equity workshop called start smart. Um, I run heritage month programs with Lizzie. We do stuff for black history month, um, indigenous history month, LGBTQ history month. Um, Oh, women's history. I was like, I feel like I'm missing something. Women's history month. We're important Mm -hmm. um, too, but uh, yeah, all different things. And um, I mean, I think those are some of the things that I'm most proud of and most enjoy. And so that's me. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Um, And we'll just pretend like uh, we haven't been on a million Zoom calls together in the last couple of days. but uh, yeah, it's so great to have you on, and I'm super excited to get to talk to you about the YWLP. Um, so let's go ahead and jump right into it, and I'm just going to ask you, tell us a little bit about the program. Uh, what is the Young Women's Leadership Program? What's it about? Why do we do it? Yeah, so the program has been going on for quite a while. Um, I believe it's about 10 years. Um, I'm being a bad Uh, (laughs) leader of the program but it's been on for quite a long time um it was uh I think it's basically stayed the same in each of its you know it's a different incarnation every year just because there's a different person in charge of it Mm -hmm. and so um it's essentially like its main focus 
has essentially remained the same. And then the program, like the way that it's run has essentially remained the same. But again, that will all shift 2020 or 2021 um, will be when we um, next see the kids. And so uh, again, different incarnation every year, meeting the needs of our time (laughs) and the environment. But um, yeah, so we have uh, the program where we essentially always, we get mentors um, out of our uh, college population. Um, So in my instance, we're looking um, for young women or anybody that's women identifying, women adjacent, you know, like it's not limited. Um, but yeah, so typically it's a lot of um, uh, college age women that join up. And so in the fall, they do um, 10 weeks of training. So every week is focused on a different aspect of um, what we're going to cover in the actual program. And then in the spring, we have um, a 10 week kind of reflection of what we've learned in the fall. And that's mm-hmm. all taking place during um <clears throat> that's all taking place during the spring at Skyland. So the mentors get trained in the fall and then they come to the school in the spring. And so we'll have returning mentors come back then as well. Okay. Um, and yeah, so it's always just a bit about um, empowering in a, in a social justice sense, not in a like the way that kind of mainstream feminism and, you know, capitalism have <laughs> kind of stolen the term uh, empowerment where it means to like buy a pink razor or something or a sticker or, you know, like not the commodification of empowerment, but true empowerment. Um, Mm -hmm. We really are focusing on building relationships. We're focusing on um, building uh, self-esteem and strength and feminist leadership and all that fun stuff. So the tenets and the function and the format have essentially remained consistent in the many years that this program has, has gone on. Awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, and so you, you kind of spoke to this a little bit, but I'd like to kind of dive into this a little bit deeper. Why do you think that the YWLP is an important program for specifically the little, so the girls that y'all work with? Yeah, great question. So the littles are so fun and wonderful, but unfortunately they're at the age that anybody that's experienced life as a woman <laughs> Um, or, you know, femme in any way can tell you it's truly, it gets rough at a certain age. Like it's pretty, like experience is pretty gender neutral. Like if you're coming from like, you know, not like a crazy family that's like really pressuring you to be a certain way, like Mm -hmm. pretty much we all exist kind of gender neutral until we're like about the age they are now. Mm -hmm. Like once those hormones are coming in, they're going through puberty and they're realizing, especially with the advent of social media, thank God we did not grow up with that because oh, I, was, right. I was like printing off coloring sheets when I was 10. And these kids are learning like, you know, crazy stuff on TikTok, which is not, I'm not a Luddite. I don't hate technology. I love social media, but I do feel like the impact and the exposure, I'm just interested to see how this will play out because it's just so recent. So, you know, I might just be, the girl who cried wolf, but hopefully, hopefully it, you know, doesn't do anything to hurt their long-term, you know, self-esteem. But all of that is to say that this is the age and especially now more than ever, where they're really starting to become concerned with body image. They're Mm -hmm. starting to really internalize messages about what, um, uh, women can and can't do. And I'm saying women, but you know, as a general term, girls, they're already being fed these messages that things aren't possible for you now as a girl and things aren't going to be possible for you as an adult woman. Mm -hmm. So, like, you really see them internalizing, like, homophobic idea. Like, it's just that heteropatriarchy essential, essentially is really 
already at the gates. It's in the house. The Trojan horse is inside of Troy. The yeah. are coming out. It's, you know, it's not great. Um, so we're really trying to combat that. And I think that's where the mentors play such a good role because I'm saying you don't have to be this way. Meet these people that are mm-hmm. not this way. You know, like, so I'm talking about, oh, the negative impact of social media, but those are all fake people they don't know, as opposed to cool college kids that are coming into, you know, your school and hanging out with you and you know them and you see them. So hopefully that plays a a greater role in their understanding of themselves and and the possibilities of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I was thinking about, um, like, this uh, study that I read a while back that had to do with body image, and I don't remember the name of the study. Uh, For those of you listening, I will find that study and link it in the description. Um, But it said that like a large or like most girls and women um, start their first diet. Like they start becoming concerned about their body image and uh, start their first diet around age eight or nine. Yeah. Um, and, and like that number is just so ridiculous. Like at eight or nine years old, like you shouldn't be worried about like, they what have, yes. Like they have what, very strong opinions about the way they look. Yeah. Very strong opinions. Um, I mean, cause they're getting it from everywhere. And I feel like, again, things don't change. They just change the form in which they manifest. Right. Because mm-hmm. when we were kids, um, cause you and I are about the same age. Yeah. We were, kids, we were getting this from every corner of like the newsstand. Like we were getting it on TV. We were getting it in magazines. Like I was never like a big, like fashion man. I'm not a girly girl. And I know, I don't know if you were when you were younger, but now I feel Ooh. like you and I are pretty similar in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, it's just like you, so I wasn't even exposed to it in that one, but I was very aware of what I should look like, what I should not look like. Like, um, Mm -hmm. even if I didn't want to do it, I knew that's how I quote should be. And so I don't think kids really care about magazines anymore. And again, not that I ever did either, but they're getting it from, again, they're getting it from this just like massive constant exposure to, you know, television, social media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it is, it's, it's constant because you Mm -hmm. also have people, I, I, even though we were being exposed to this stuff, I don't remember somebody having a full face of makeup, like at school, you know what I mean? Like looking like, um, I just hope that they, and again, I'm not a kid. I'm not a teenager. I don't know what it's really like at school right now, Mm -hmm. but just from seeing how it is for the eight, nine, 10 year olds that I do work with, I already see it. I, it's, it's very disheartening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about like, you know, like you were saying, um, most of uh, the kids that, that you're working with are getting a lot of these images about what a woman should be, what their body should look like and how they should perform femininity from social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about like social media algorithms because the way that's set up, yeah, exactly. if you interact with posts and you like them, then you're going to see more of that. And so from the perspective of a nine or 10 year old, after a while, it seems like everybody but you out there has, uh, you know, is, is adhering to certain societal expectations of what women should look like and how they should be. Um, yes. but and it's, it's, all, it's all you're getting. Yeah. It, but it's largely just the way social media works. Um, and I know that because my social media has been finely curated <laughs> <laughs> such that I don't have to see any of that stuff. I know. Um, 
but I'm also like in my thirties and I need to be better about that because I'll hate look at things uh, and yeah. then I get it all like all click like something that I'm like, Oh, this looks like a horrendous TikTok of like just something I find very cringy. And mm-hmm. then I like hate watch it just, you know, because I'm a masochist. Yeah. And then, and then the algorithm's like, Oh, you liked that. Here's 30 more of those. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> Why did I do? It's like something that Dante himself could have, you know, yeah. Punishment. being constantly surrounded by things that I hate oh no yeah yeah you're you're definitely doing that to yourself Um, yeah circle of hell (laughs) (laughs) then you have to like try and claw your way back out (laughs) (laughs) just stop I don't even curious like it's hard I am I that is very true I am getting better in my my recommended uh posts are uh, (laughs) not as horrifying yeah yeah, I've I've accidentally gotten stuck on like a weird tangent, especially in TikTok, like a weird place in TikTok where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm not in Kansas anymore. Like I'm, yeah, I'm not, I don't I don't feel like I'm home anymore, and I have to go like frantically like search a bunch of hashtags that I know will get me back to my safe place. That's very smart because sometimes I'll just like I'll genuinely, or it'll be something that I'm like, oh, this will be cool, but then it's like so clearly something for teenagers that mm-hmm. if I was a teenager, I'd probably think it was fine, but as like a full on adult. I'm just like, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. You can't watch it. It's so cringy. But um, uh, social media. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, we're watching the- cringy TikToks and these kids are seeing like beautiful, full grown women, like full face of makeup and to come full circle. That's what they think. Yeah. They should like. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that back. Cause I was sitting there. I was like, oh no, we've lost it. <laughs> we've lost it. How am I going to get us back? We're, we're back. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so let's, um, yeah, let's take a moment and just kind of talk about this a little bit. Uh, based on your experiences working with YWLP, um, you, we've talked about some of the biggest issues that are addressed in the program, but I'm curious to hear um, your perspective about how we approach those com- conversations with the littles. Uh, what are some strategies y'all use to engage uh are the fourth and fifth graders in these conversations in a way that's productive and, and empowering? Yeah. So it's always a learning, learning experience because the kids are so different every year and there's no uniform strategy, right? Mm-hmm. It's really even, even, and I'm not even talking about like, this is the 2019 group who requires different strategy from the 2018 group. It's literally like these kids are completely different individually, like uh, which is such an obvious thing to say. Yeah, but I think you really need to take that into account when you're trying to figure out what's the best way to reach kids. Because I think, like using myself as an example again, when I was a kid, I don't think I ever. I I was a very self aware child that I was like, I'm never going to look like Britney Spears. Like mm-hmm. I know that's not in the cards for me. Like I've seen <laughs> my family. Like I know what we all look like. And unless my family is interested in like radical plastic surgery, then I'm never going to look like that. And and I wasn't, I wasn't upset about it. So like if, in, if I was to be in this program as a child, I think I would have probably really responded to certain aspects and then other aspects. I'm like, yeah, you don't even need to explain that to me. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's so, it's so um, different for each kid, which is why so you're asking like, how do we tackle this? That's mm-hmm. why it's so great that each kid has an individual mentor because um, you and I have both been educators, you in a much more like 
real, like you, you like went to, so I don't want to put us on the same like level. Um, but you and I have both worked with children. I'll say that. Yeah. And, um, you as like a real teacher, me as a semi-real teacher. <laughs> and, um, the, like you, you were pretty much a real teacher. Like thank I, you. I, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> um, I taught, I taught English in South Korea for the, for the audience. But, um, so the, it's such a different experience when you're teaching a whole class, uh-huh. right? You've got like 30 kids and basically you're really like the hardest part. And this is the problem with education in America is that you really are just trying to teach to the room and you mm-hmm. cannot teach to the individual because you yeah. don't have the time you're trying to get through like, you know, however many lesson plans you have to do that week and make sure the majority of kids understand. And if you have time, then you go back and help, you know, and it's, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's why in YWL, YWLP, it's awesome because I just spent 10 weeks with these mentors training them in the skills that we need and the, the beliefs of the program and um, how to kind of um, convey those beliefs. And so I've got my little mini versions of myself out there, like, <laughs> problems, all while, of course, being a resource. And, you know, like I'll go and like sit and like do the lessons with them, too. Like I'm not just standing there the whole time. So um, ultimately, all that's to say is that we really focus on combating these things with individual attention to individual children and their individual problems and responses. And um, we really, I think the most important thing in to feed off of that is that we give our mentors um, kind of that strong social justice background when we do the training. And so I've taught when I did teach it. So my real teaching has been with adults. I've taught um, intro to women's studies at UA as part of when I was a grad student. And so um, I always kind of joke and say that the training we do in the fall is essentially a mini women's studies course. Like I'm teaching all the same material um, that I taught when I was teaching women's studies. And so to bring it back to your original question, uh, we're really putting that focus and emphasis on a social justice background and giving students, the mentors, those tools and that comprehension, that vocabulary, that um, praxis, which they then employ with their individual little. Um, Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And and yeah, I agree with you. Like it's, it's so nice to be able to train a group of people and send them into the room and be like, okay, (laughs) Um, everybody's going to be different. They're all going to have different needs, but everybody's got like one person working with them. And I trust that person to be able to um, to work with their little. Um, so as we're talking about mentors and the importance of, of mentors and, and kind of navigating these conversations with the kids, can you tell us a little bit about what makes a good mentor? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, so we have a, a couple of really um, great veteran mentors in the program, students mm-hmm. that have been in the program for three years, um, whom I, I love. And so one of them, her name is Chloe King. And Chloe is one of my favorite mentors. And I love, I love all my children equally, but <laughs> she's just, but I like great, this one a little more. Yeah. Well, she's just such a good example of the possibility of the program because I do yeah. think it have returners and it would have students that, um, cause you build with anything, the more you do it, the better you're, um, going to be at it. Right. Absolutely. Chloe has done the program for three years. And so hopefully when we go back in the fall, that'll be her fourth year. And um, she is such a good example about what I love um, just in people. And then also mentors. So enthusiasm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she knows how to talk to kids and that is a, that is a skill that you do have to give them. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a not Yeah, sorry. it's not something that like like talking to kids is hard. Like learning how yeah. to do that is difficult and it's not something that people that like some people are just gifted in that way, like are just naturally yeah. great with kids, but like you're right, it's a skill and it's an incredibly valuable one and for some folks a hard one to learn. It really because you I feel like people also don't necessarily like once you're older and if you don't have siblings we don't mm-hmm. spend a lot of time with children. Yeah. No, like, unless, you know, you're, unless they're like a family member, because I know that before I went and taught English in Korea, like I was never really around kids and, you know, I had been one, so I can relate in that way. But like, I just hadn't, you know, kids change, their interests change, like their personalities change mm-hmm. from generation to generation, you know? So it's like, I feel old being like this, no generation. But, like, it really is, like, you have to adapt and you have to understand, like, the. and this is sometimes frustrating. Like, I know we've talked about this before, that we're kind of expecting them to be rational. Like, intellectually, you know that they're children, mm-hmm. but then it's like, why don't they understand what I'm saying? Like, they can speak. Yeah. <laughs> but the toddler, you have patience because you're like, they don't even understand what I'm saying. Right. You know? But, like, with a 10-year-old, you're like, you hear me. I know mm-hmm. that you hear me. You understand the words I'm saying. Why are you not listening to me? You know, like, <laughs> you really, and I, and I've absolutely fallen into that trap very recently. I was very frustrated with the student, but then you kind of helped remind me like, it's a kid, like it's a child. Yeah. And their brains are like, they're just not there. <laughs> like they look like they, they can understand. And, you know, many things, children have very advanced understanding, but then, you know, emotionally sometimes it's not there and that's fine. But yeah. anybody working with kids and it's a constant process of getting to know what the kids want, what they need, what's appropriate, what's fun, you know, it's such a balancing act. And so Chloe is really good about that. Um, I think she really relates to the children very well. Um, so it just brings like you have to have that positive, fun energy. And that's not to say that every mentor has to be like bouncing off the walls like, hey, guys. What's your favorite color? Let's talk about it. You know, like you don't have to do that. You just have to be like match, match the energy of the child that you're talking to. And I don't mean energy in like a woo-woo way. I mean energy like their feelings, their you know, just like reading, reading the room, mm-hmm. like reading, reading the child. Like what do they need? Yeah, um, I think that's a skill that makes an excellent mentor and um, really helps build long-lasting, strong, trust-based connections with kids. No, I completely agree with you. And, and yeah, that can be so, so difficult. And I think this is such a, um, an important part of the YWLP program where you have returning mentors who can uh, be there not only to support the littles that they're working with, but also to be there to support the new mentors as they're coming in and trying to figure out how to do this for the first time. Exactly. Because yeah, you know, you, lots of times I think when people think about like mentoring programs and stuff like this, they think it's, oh, it's going to be really cute and I'm going to get to go play with these kids all the time and we'll take pictures together. We're and- going to have so much fun and they're just yeah. going to love me because I'm older. Um, and sometimes you get in there and that kid's like, I'm not having a good day and you're trying to talk me into doing something that I don't feel like doing today. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Um, because you brought up an excellent point in that I think people think, oh, it's just going to be like a hangout session and we're going to like, I'm going to like play dodgeball with them or whatever, which we do. Yeah. We do have 
fun. Like I always, when I was teaching in Korea and then I brought this ethos into my, um, into my work here, kids are already so stressed. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that I really like. I don't ever remember being stressed as a child. I was lucky that I had like a stable home environment and my parents weren't like super pressuring me at home. Like those are things that everybody like, but I feel like kids these days are even more pressured to like succeed at school. And like the, I feel like the academic workload has increased. That's just what I hear people oh, yeah. say. I'm yeah. like, I'll see people post about homework and how stressing them out. And I was like, I never gave a crap about homework. Like I didn't even feel like I did my homework. And right. um, you know, which is why I did not have the best GPA when I graduated high school, but yeah. that's on me. But I was just very chill. And so I, I recognize the fact that these kids are coming from stressful, like, they have stressors in their life to mm-hmm. whatever degree it is. That's their business. But yeah. um, unless it's like, obviously something really bad, then it's my business. But um, yeah. So I always want to implement fun. Like I'm not going to, I'm not a taskmaster. Mm-hmm. I'm not like the goal is to have fun, but also to learn like mm-hmm. always. And um, that is so important in this program. Like it's not just a hanging out session. Like we're like genuinely, Um, and, and I will also say, I was about to say, we're genuinely trying to make our lives better, but not in a, like, it's always important when we're talking about YWLP to not be like, we're going to like, not have like a white savior complex, like change their life. Like, (laughs) like we're not coming in with this idea that we're radically transforming anyone's life. Like we're really planting ideas, planting these seeds of ideas um, that will hopefully come to fruition as they're older. We're like presenting them with a, I always like to think of it as presenting them with possibilities because as Bill Hook said, oppression is about a lack of choices. Right. right. And so um, to combat that, we're actually, we're being like, actually there are other choices. There are other ways of being, there are um, women that look like you that are successful in ways that aren't you know harmful. Cause I'm not going to be like, you too can be a female CEO of a country of a business that you know, is, <laughs> you know deforesting the Amazon or whatever. Like that's yeah. obviously the kind of feminism and politics that we espouse, but you know, like um, just iconic female, you could be like Mae Jemison, you know, like an incredible uh-huh. female astronaut, um, et cetera. So yeah, we're not here to change lives in a savory way. We're here to infl- give, like I said, just show different ways of being and that there are, are endless possibilities in life, whether that's gender, whether that's um, social roles, you know, whether it's your femininity doesn't have to be like other femininity, it's, you know, possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm also, it's got me thinking about um, like childhood development and stuff like that. But as kids move kind of into that puberty stage, they transition from emulating their immediate family and traditional authority figures to feeling more connected to and wanting to emulate a social circle, like a, yes. a non-related friend and social circle. Um, and in so many ways, a mentor program like this one provides people with the opportunity to, um, to kind of expand that circle a little bit. You know, it's, it's not just um, your friends that you go to school with, but now you've got this other person who um, is older, but young enough that they're not necessarily a strict authority figure that you can also kind of view as like, oh, this is another way to be. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, just kind of giving, giving that choice and, and um, 
uh, preparing, you know, college women to go into, into these schools and just kind of be present as an example of what, um, what femininity, what womanhood can look like. Um, is yeah, super important. I don't know where yeah. I'm going with that. Um, no, it is. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we've talked a lot about the impact that programs like the YWLP and specifically YWLP have on um, on littles and on the the kids that you work with. Let's talk a little bit about the mentors and why the and what the what they get out of this program. Um, can you speak to a little bit what are kind of the like what do you think that mentors take away from the program after having participated in it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, so one of the main things um, that we focus on is building community with other college-age women because we do live, um, you know, it's it's hard if you're not in Greek life, which many of our, our students are in Greek life. So, you know, this doesn't necessarily apply to all the mentors, but I, I was not in Greek life when I was in college. I know you weren't either. Nope. So it's, <laughs> it's, I won't say it's like much more difficult to build it, to have friends, but mm -hmm. it's a built-in network when you're in, in uh, a sorority, right? Yeah. But um, for a lot of students, it's not that simple. Um, and not that making friends is like easy street in a sorority either. But so we um, are really trying to um, format these relationships between um, mentors. Like it's, so it's not just about having these friendships with your littles, um, but it's about building relationships amongst other college age women where you can, you know, not that, and I don't ever want to false advertise and be like, you guys are going to be best friends by the end of the program. That's not necessarily true. You know, just because you have the same politics doesn't mean you guys are going to be like BFF. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I definitely have students that have found uh, lifelong friends in this program. And I have other students that have found casual friends that, oh my God, hey, love to see you in the, you know, on the quad. Um, yeah. We'll find some form of friendship amongst the women in the program because also the good thing um, about the program is that it does have a certain politics. Mm -hmm. So that no matter what, you know, you're not going to have a person in the program that, like, yeah, they're okay, like, you know, but they say this kind of weird. Like nobody, that aspect's cut out. Not that everybody in there is perfect because nobody's perfect, but right. um, safer space where you don't have to hide aspects of your identity. Um, and and if, if somebody makes that space unsafe, then they're not in the program. <laughs> so, you know, I always, and I would do this in my women's studies class. I'd be like, we don't tolerate racism. We don't to tolerate transphobia, you know, homophobia, like anything because that's not what this program's about. And um, I'm in charge of this program. So if I don't, <laughs> I am the dictator. No, it's uh, not just me. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, we're intolerant to intolerance. So yeah. uh, goodbye. But yeah, so it's easier to make friendships. You don't have to necessarily be afraid of like hiding your identity. Um, so yeah, it's those connections. Um, we also really focus on the fact that a lot of the stuff that you're learning, I feel like this is true for liberal arts, stuff in general, um, is mm -hmm. that you're learning transferable skills that we really have a devaluation in a capitalist society of things that don't immediately um, create that aren't, uh, that you can't immediately see like their like literal monetary value when mm -hmm. you think about them. Like it's like, you know, engineers, you're like, oh, you make things, make things, you make things that people can buy and sell. And I understand why that's valuable. But then when somebody, you know, you and I both have our English degrees, mm -hmm. um, when somebody hears that, they're like, so what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to make money? Like, it's always about money. 
<laughs> and so we are not about that life. <laughs> yeah. It's like short answer. We're not. <laughs> not. Yeah. It's not about money, baby. Um, <laughs> so we really work on helping mentors gain skills and gain ways of thinking and ways of being that they can then are transferable to, you know, because we do live in a capitalist society, they could use it a job. They can use in their personal life. So we're talking about like leadership. We're talking about self-confidence. We're talking mm-hmm. about, um, you know, when we talk about social justice stuff, because these are students that while they hold these beliefs, I would always tell my women's studies students that you might not have the vocabulary, but you know, the concept, mm-hmm. you know, like you might've experienced a microaggression, but you didn't know the word microaggression. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's incredibly important. The fact that we're talking about colorism, we're talking about Eurocentric beauty standards. Um, we're talking about intersectionality, all these things. These are things that they'll hopefully carry on into their life, this knowledge, and then continue that education. So you're getting a social justice education. You're getting these transferable skills of leadership and, um, you know, empowerment and self-confidence. And you're getting, you know, practice and just being around like, like we were talking about, like what makes a good, good mentor, those are skills you don't just use on children, right? Yeah. Those are skills you use just in life. Um, dealing with somebody who's difficult, dealing with somebody who, you know, in any place of, uh, that you work, you, you'll probably have somebody that's like, we just don't get along, but we got to work together because that's yep. our life. We, it's, I'm stuck here with you. So um, <laughs> again, like it's all these skills that they're gaining, that they're learning from working with kids, but then they're also learning in the training. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think it it kind of the way I've actually had mentors talk to me about the way that like talking to one of the littles about like having the little be like, oh, I want to be a chemical engineer. And then one of the bigs, one of the mentors is a chemical engineer. And then seeing yeah. how much that means to the kid that they share the same interest and they share the same like there it's like the past and future meeting in this really beautiful way mm-hmm. and so seeing them, the, the mentors realizing that and then it even influences them to want to do better at school like I can't let my past self down and I don't want to let who oftentimes like your little can kind of be a reminder of who you used to be yeah and so it's just yeah it just really can influence them to care even more about school because they don't want to be a disappointment to their little like it's mm-hmm. just this very mutual admiration um that I see between big and little all the time and it's just really it's really lovely and really wonderful to see Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think that you're absolutely right and I feel like you know all of the things that you described are examples of like if we're if we're thinking specifically for people going into the job market like those are all really good examples of soft skills that are very difficult to learn in the classroom but that more and more like people who are making hiring decisions are looking for people who have those soft skills. It's like, these are harder to teach. They're experience-based, but I need somebody who can work with, you know, Bob, who's difficult and I need somebody. Yeah. Um, and you, who, see that, you see those very dismissed, mm-hmm. you know, like it's funny because they are so dismissed in the academy, but then in the hiring field they're you know, cause they're like, Oh, if you're in STEM only focus on the knowledge of STEM. And then they have terrible writing. Like, They don't know how to communicate on paper and off paper. Mm -hmm. And so it it, it doesn't make sense. It's actually quite harmful, right, to to these jobs because then they have to spend even more money hiring somebody to come and teach them how to communicate. It's just, it's so funny. 
Yep. And funny mm-hmm. in a like, ha 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 ha, I'm in hell way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but then again, this is why Brene Brown has a job um, and we love her. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, God, for letting Brene yes. Brown have a, have a career. Um, but, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is, this is why Brene Brown has a job, right? Cause she has to go into these companies and be like, okay, so let's talk about the fact that y'all have to be able to, um, to communicate and to be open and vulnerable with each other. And yeah, and it's largely because those are soft skills that we aren't taught in, in formal education. Um, Okay. So as we're wrapping up here, I wanted to ask you how people can get involved with this program if they are interested in learning more about it. So where can people find out more about the program? If folks want to be a mentor, how can they apply? Yeah. All of uh, that stuff. Great question. Cause I would love people to apply or if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh my God, my friend, um, yes. this program, you know, like I love a recommendation y'all. I love mm-hmm. a recommendation. So if you Google WG, uh, WGRC UA, two separate acronyms, yep. um, and you just go to our website, I'm on it right now on my computer, um, you'll see once you come up to the to the homepage, mm-hmm. um, you just scroll down and there is actually a link to click to apply to be a mentor. And that will take you um, to a link for the Young Women Leaders Program and the Young Men's Leadership Program. And so the mentoring uh, program applications link is right there. But if you don't want to have to scroll on that homepage, you can literally click, um, ooh, what do we have it under? <laughs> it was under volunteering. It is. Program? It's volunteer. And then there's a tab that says mentoring. Because when I click, oh, so you have to click. And we're in there. Then, yes. Okay. That's actually yeah. more steps. That's not Yeah. Y'all, Y'all scroll down. Yeah. Just go to our homepage and scroll down. <laughs> yeah. And if you're listening, I will post the link so that you can find it yes. really quickly. Yes, yes, yes. It's super simple. And so all you have to do is fill out a short survey. Um, and I think the biggest thing is just acknowledging the time commitment. We don't mm-hmm. have, um, we meet once a week and it's going to be an hour long session once a week for 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, there'll be like about 30 minutes because normally it's, we meet for an hour and a half a week. Yeah in person, but we've had to kind of accommodate because of COVID, like everybody else, we've had to change things. And so um, we are having one hour sessions because we already know students are going to have horrible Zoom fatigue. I mean, Lizzie and I are constantly, constantly on Zoom ourselves. So I feel y'all, I know your pain somewhat because also I got to have a real college experience. And unfortunately (laughs) you're going to have, you know, a college experience, but just a different one. So, um, Yeah, so we totally feel y'all. So we are accommodating that by just shortening um, the lessons. And so mm-hmm. we'll just have some things sometimes where students will have to like, you just have to watch part of a documentary and like fill out, you know, fill out a response and that doing that and, you know, during a week of your own free time, as opposed to having to sit, you know, for an hour and a half and just look at strangers. So, well, you'll be strangers at first. You'll become friends. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, just click the link. Quite a few mentor. It'll take you to a Qualtrics form. um, And then that will be shot to me. And I'll look over it. I'll shoot you an email um, being like, hey, so thank you for applying. Um, And we'll figure out the best time that works for everybody for for training in the fall. And then Mm -hmm. bing, bang, boom, we are meeting uh, in mid-September. And, you know, it'll be incredible time. I love, I think I actually in many ways love the training in the fall more than I do the program in the spring. 
just because I love hanging out with y'all. I love hanging out with students and it's just such a fun, I feel like this is a term that kind of like the word triggered has just kind of become like a meme. Like people just love to joke about it. But it really uh-huh. is such a safe space for, I mean, how often are you with a group of women that you're not related to or not, you know, friends with that all have the same, you know, cause we curate our friends. We don't necessarily mm-hmm. curate our family, but like how often are you around a group of women that are absolutely like-minded and that you guys can just talk about your experience and not have somebody be like, well, actually, or <laughs> I need to see some statistics about that. You know, like uh-huh. we're here to affirm and to believe like, black women in the room like don't have to couch everything be like oh I know not all white people like you don't have to play that game Mm-mm. like you don't have to change who you are like we're all there and we're willing to talk about these issues for real and it's so much fun and I love I love I love the training in the fall and hopefully you will too if you if you do apply but yeah just check out yeah. the WGRC's website Lizzie will link it um and I'm excited to hear from anybody that's interested yeah, it's going to be so good. Um, and and yeah, just emphasizing that again for anybody who's interested in getting involved in mentoring, but you're worried about uh, COVID regulations and stuff going virtual, um, Elizabeth and I have both set up um, the mentoring programs, both the YMLP and the YWLP to be online accessible um, for everyone. So you can still participate and you don't have to go be in person with folks and and put yourself at risk. So. Yeah, exactly. We're here for you. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, well, Elizabeth, I am out of questions for you. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Anything you want to share that you haven't had a chance to yet? Um, I guess I would just want to say that um, the mentor feedback I got at the end of the year was just so sweet. Like, like one, um, I just one of the things that one of the mentors said that stuck out to me was because I ask a question when we do our assessment at the end of the semester that unfortunately we did have an abbreviated session with the kids. We mm-hmm. only did, we did seven out of the 10 weeks, which sucks because the last three weeks were so much fun. We yeah. banquet and it's, Oh, I feel robbed. I actually, we were going to plant a garden. Yes, we were going to plant a so garden. Good. Yeah. I was working with 4-H. Um, <laughs> and then one of the, one of the little girls, like she hugged me so tight. I had to leave early yeah. sessions. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll see you next week. Don't worry. Like hug, hug, hug. And mm-hmm. then never again. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if she was a fourth grader. So she might be in the program again this year. Yeah. But, um, it was really sad. But one of the mentors wrote that um, she was like, oh, the question that I ask is like, what was like a standout moment with your little? Mm-hmm. He said that one time her little had her grandmother come pick her up. Mm-hmm. Um, for the program and that the little girl went and got her mentor and was like I need you to meet my grandma, meet my grandma. and then the the grandmother had like heard to the mentor and was like oh my god it's so nice to meet you and it was just like you really can see like these are people like you're impacting a lot like they go yeah home about you it's just so sweet and um that's what I love about the program I love I love being around kids who are the funniest human beings alive they're mm-hmm. so great and um, I really do think that as a human being, um, you'll just get a lot out of it. Awesome. Yep. I completely agree. Um, well, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. Yay. Thanks again for coming on the show, Elizabeth. 
As always, all the links and resources discussed in this episode are linked in the show description. If you'd like to learn more about the Young Women's Leadership Program, be sure to fill out an application or send Elizabeth an email with your questions at elester, so that's E-L-E-S-T-E-R-1 at ua.edu. If you're listening in and you'd like to learn more about our mentoring programs for men and boys, follow the link listed in the show description or in your email with questions as well. Thank you everyone for listening in today. As always, if there's a topic you'd like to learn more about or a person you think we should speak with, please send your suggestions and requests to me via email at easmith11 at ua.edu. If you're listening in today and you appreciate the content we're putting out, don't forget to give us a review wherever you get your podcast. This podcast was brought to you by the Women and Gender Resource Center at the University of Alabama. The mission of the WGRC is to address gender inequity and foster a community that values social justice, safety, leadership, mentoring, education, multiculturalism, partnership, and research. This is accomplished by gender-related outreach, advocacy, and support to individuals and communities of all identities. If you'd like to learn more about the programs and resources our office provides, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or at our website, wgrc.sa.ua.edu.